I've got two tickets to Paradise with your name on it. <laughs> Come to Terre Haute, Indiana. A 20-something channeling an 80s hit song to sell what's next for the city he now leads. Meet 27-year-old Terre Haute Mayor Brandon Sackman, the son of immigrants, an army ranger, a go-getter with a new vision for the Queen City. See why he's got two tickets to Paradise on the Business and Beyond podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Well, the call to public service began at a young age for Brandon Sackbun. His parents instilled it in him. Mom grew up on a coffee bean farm in Jamaica. Dad, a genocide survivor from Cambodia. They met, married, and moved to Terre Haute, where they both carved out successful paths in the business world. An American dream come true, and one that Brandon Sackman took to heart. The support he received from the Terre Haute community growing up, well, it takes a village to raise a mayor, as he calls it, and a big reason why he ran for and won the city's top job, and now markets Terre Haute as Terradice. And I'm pleased to be joined on the podcast this week by Terre Haute Mayor-elect Brandon Sackbun. And uh, Mayor-elect Sackbun, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. IBJ's been highlighting Terre Haute the last couple of weeks, and I'm ready to keep that train rolling. So pumped to be on the show today, ready to talk about regionalism, what we're doing in Terre Haute, what sets us apart, and, and what we're going to do in the next four years that's going to benefit the entire state of Indiana. I want to talk about all of that over the course of the next 30 minutes here. Uh, to start out with, though, you're getting a lot of attention, national attention, not just here in Indiana, but nationally. Youngest mayor in Terre Haute history, first person of color to lead the city. Uh, that's getting some headlines. Does it? I, I've read where sometimes you, you tire a little bit of that, about that conversation. Is that, is that the case? Well, for I mean, there's a reason why I, I tire of it, and he, I'll explain why. It's 2023, and sometimes we still live in a, a nation of firsts. You know, I'm an army ranger. I'm a, a veteran, the son of immigrants. My mom's from Jamaica. My dad's from Cambodia. They chase their American dream. Uh, for my mother, the youngest of 13 kids from a impoverished kind of coffee bean farm area in Jamaica, her passion, her American dream is helping young women be entrepreneurs. My father is a genocide survivor. He has some chilling stories of the Pol Pot regime in Cambodia. His version of the American dream is bringing life into this world. And they've instilled what that concept and that chapter in American history looks like for all of us uh, into me. And so my version of the American dream is public service. Um, yet in 2023, sometimes it's a, it's a little bit interesting to still have the conversation of, well, so-and-so is the first, so-and-so is the first. And I, I hope this election serves as a, an example to veterans, to young African-Americans, uh, Asians, immigrants, uh, Irish immigrants, you name it. I hope it serves as an example that they too can be a headline and they too can be a leader 
in the Hoosier state, in their community, uh, wherever it is they may be. On the flip side, do you think you can you can kind of leverage some of this national attention that you're getting? Well, as an example, you got a call, as I re- remember, you got a call from Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, right, the day after the election. Well, what was that like? Well, you know, I leveraged uh, that call and, and a lot of national attention and, and even being on your show to sell paradise. You know, I say it over and over again. If you run into me, like I'm currently in Noblesville for a, a mayor's conference, and I'm sitting here telling every mayor I see, I've got two tickets to paradise with your name on it. You <laughs> want to break Common Terre Haute, Indiana, because it's it's so special. I mean, we're like the educational oasis of the Midwest, I like to say over and over again. 20,000 college students are within the region and, and about an hour's drive from Terre Haute, Indiana. All right, let's add with Indiana State, Rose Holman, Ivy Tech, and St. Mary the Woods, you've got four different universities with four different focus areas. If you're an employer or a business, why would you not look at Terre Haute, Indiana? We are pushing quality of place on a whole new level. Riverfront Master Plan that's currently being developed. We've got childcare studies going on. Oh, also with two of those universities, right? Indiana State and Ivy Tech. So we are going to address challenges that might turn employers away just from any city, not not Terre Haute. And we're going to tackle those. But also with those four universities, with the Vigo County Public School Corporation, employers have got to look at Terre Haute and say, hey, we've got a pipeline from classroom to employment. That's the narrative that we have here. It's, it's something that I look at adjusting a little bit to see you in Terre Haute community plan. But the overall focus is the same. Talent attraction, retention, and increasing the median household income. You know, I think uh, I asked you, I think uh, when you were on the, uh, the TV show a couple of weeks ago, first question I asked you is why, you know, you're 27 years old. Why do it? Why run for mayor? And I think you've already in part answered that, you know, you're Terre Haute native. And, and you mentioned your parents and and instilling in you that that drive, that passion to do this. That's the direct correlation there is looking at your parents and their their story. It is. And I, I can't remember if I shared this with you, Gary, but um, when you're the, the son of immigrants, Grandparents Day can be super hard as an elementary school student. And I remember and literally from one year to the next, it went from little Brandon with, with no one kind of there to 10 different community members. Um, they, you know, they were they were older. They didn't look like me, but they supported. Me. And I remember a lot of those same families showing up to sporting events, to, to academic events, Colin, seeing if I needed any advice about the military or, or Indiana University's Kelly School of Business. And when you have that support system, that community, we see it time and time again and hear it time and time again. It takes a village to raise a child. Well, it took a community village to raise a mayor is what I say now. Some of my teachers, coaches, and mentors have been very successful uh, outside of academics and coaching. And uh, some actually even sit on redevelopment for me now. Uh, but it's it's awesome to see that, you know, you can be a, a young student, you can look a little bit different, you can sound a little bit different, and you can have someone say, hey, you know, welcome to Terre Haute and Vigo County. Families did that to me, my family, and I hope to do that the same for uh, every veteran, every new family, every immigrant family that moves to Terre Haute, Indiana. You grew up in Terre Haute. As you reflect back on Terre Haute as you were growing up, Fast forward to today, now as mayor-elect Sackbun, mm-hmm. how would you describe Terre Haute to outsiders, to folks who haven't been there? How would you how would you describe Terre Haute? 
I describe it this way. Um, our unique niche market here is being that educational oasis, right? Those universities, school corporation, within a 60, 90 mile radius, all the universities around us. Um, but I also would describe it kind of the same way that my parents described it 30 years ago when they moved. Potential. Now let's leverage that potential. Let's take a step forward with our housing strategies, our childcare strategies. Let's address some of the problems that are plaguing not Terre Haute, Indiana, but the nation when it comes to mental health, when it comes to the homeless situation. And, and those are the conversations that I seek to have is how can we solve these problems and maintain this narrative and philosophy that Terre Haute is an educational oasis. I mean, it sets us apart from universe, from other college towns. It sets us apart from a lot of these other Hoosier cities. And let's take Entech, for example, and you and I briefly discussed this. Entech's coming in and they're, they're offering multiple job levels that all require a different background. You can have a PhD level researcher, a plant manager, <clears throat> A young guy, young gal kind of in coming in, growing in that industry, working on that those factory lines. Now, what does Terre Haute then have? Rose Holman, advanced manufacturing, engineering, technology, innovation, right? Indiana State, construction management. Now we need to start building new businesses, right? Ivy Tech, workforce development. That goes hand in hand. That is what Terre Haute has that other Hoosier towns don't. It's interesting you would bring that up because as I ha have looked uh, over the years and covered you know the Wabash Valley and, and, and that part of the state, I have always felt there's been somewhat of a disconnect between between the city and that university uh, nucleus. You know that you talk about. It sounds as though you're looking at that as a marketing opportunity and a, and as a really a business relationship in some some standpoints for for business development for the city. Uh, absolutely. So yes to marketing, yes to business relationship. I mean, we're we are going to start an educational advisory committee with those universities, with the school corporation. So there's the business side, but there's also the front facing side. I, I love going to Indiana State University basketball games. It's and one of my. Good, they've got a good team this year. They've got a great team. By the way, you need to come see them play at, at Home and Center. Remember, two tickets to Paradise. <laughs> um, but you know, the current university president, Deborah Curtis, and I we we chat a lot. About hey, what can we do for, for students? And we don't do it in her office or my office. We, we go out in the community. We started to go out in the community you know, to local breakfast joints to show that, hey, you know, the conversation of town and gown, uh, that might have been the case when I was born in 1990, but it's not the case here in 2023. Um, so the university is going through some changes as well. Uh, kind of looking for, they are looking for a new university president. It does remain a a conversation point that I have with them is, hey, let's let's maintain and, and actually improve this. Blessed to be a part of the Rose Holman conversation. They they're literally acquiring land on the east side to add to the Rose Holman Ventures program, right. yeah. innovation hub in Terre Haute, Indiana. St. Mary of the Woods College. I, I have great conversations with them. Uh, just a couple of years ago, they switched from an all female to female and male university. Now they have record enrollment. Then you look at ID Tech and, and all the good that they're, I mean, there are companies that want to move to our industrial because ID Tech is their name. And they know they can partner with an education program to ensure that folks are able to fill those jobs. And a lot of them are high paying jobs. So leveraging those four universities and workforce development, that's how we go from kind of playing checkers to playing chess. Yeah. 
let's talk about business development and economic development. Uh, you know, I think you can make the argument that over the years, Terre Haute has not shared in as much of the economic development successes of the state as as some other areas. I know you, you've touched on some of the ways you want to change that or can change that. But as you look at changing that success rate, if you will, on economic development uh, deals, what, what do you need to do? Two big things there. One, be stewards of the American tax dollar. So a program like Ready, you know, Ready, placemaking housing. Right now, already, Terre Haute has put $1.8 million in housing initiatives that have been leveraged for $50 million of private sector development. If we were doing that, and you and I in the stock exchange, we'd be on the cover of the, the New York Times. <laughs> right. Street. Right. So ensuring that that stays and, and, and really trying to improve those numbers, saying, hey, how can we leverage taxpayer dollars to see private investment? And a large part of that is housing, infrastructure, streets, sidewalks, Mixed use, mixed income, that term comes up over and over again when I look at the river, when I look at North Terre Haute. But here's another aspect that we, we need to do, and it's we've got to get serious about a third interstate lane on I-70. You know, when I bring in companies, when I call companies, when I meet with developers, a, a large part that we market is, hey, you know, you can sneak up and make it to Chicago. You can peel on over to Indianapolis. You can peel down to St. Louis if you need to. Uh, supply chain is a growing industry across the United States of America, whether it's the Inflation Reduction Act or, or formerly the American Rescue Plan Act. I mean, the CHIP Act, you are quite literally seeing technology and advanced manufacturing open its eyes to the Midwest again. Well, we need a third lane to safely drive to and from all these semis, these trucks. And, and I'm very passionate about a third lane for inter- I-70 and have been vocal with our, our state representatives and federal representatives to, to find a plan for that. How much does m- attitude uh, or mindset play in uh, of the community play into, you know, the future, what Terre Haute becomes? You know, I think there could be the argument that, you know, that, that the community maybe hasn't, hasn't fully embraced, you know, change and some of the things you're talking about in terms of, economic development and where, where the future is. How, how important is it for the community psychologically to be behind what you're talking about? Well, I think the community showed that they are psychologically behind it when they showed out in mass to, to vote this past November. Now, that's a good statement, though, of, well, how do you get the folks who didn't even show up or who didn't vote for you to join in in that mindset? And you got you have to give them tangible examples. You have to say, hey, these are the five companies that we are looking at to partner with the four universities we've already discussed. This is the location. So working with the Economic Development Commission, working with the State House, working with Terre Haute Redevelopment, uh, and that change does not happen overnight. Fully aware. And, and you know, for example, uh, city staffing, there are several department heads that we are keeping keeping for uh, a year or four years, and they've expressed that they want to change over time and kind of phase in a new blood, new life in the city hall. And those are leaders who recognize that it is time to revolutionize how we think in terms of municipal government, leaders who want to embrace regionalism, and leaders who, yes, they sit with an 812 area code in city hall, but they're also going to call the other 812 area code engineers, 
parks department and say, hey, how can we all come together and, and create a package deal and try and leverage investment together? That change has already happened. It's been a great transition. You are seeing that mindset shift. You are seeing people smile and, and be upbeat about, wow, you know, Terra Hope. Yeah, maybe we did have some minor setbacks in companies that left. That's true. But we're going to have some major comebacks these next four years. It's also easy when the basketball team's dynamic. <laughs> How about, uh, you know, there have been some examples, uh, I think, though, of momentum. As you look along, you know, Wabash Avenue, there's been some hotel development. I think those hotels, I think, occupancy-wise have have done well. I know there's more more uh, uh, on the books. Uh, interesting development. I, I thought the West Central uh, Business Hub in the, uh, you know, the historic Hallman building, Great, great building. And and the idea, you know, the concept you mentioned, ready funding, I think that's that's part of this, but putting, you know, like-minded agencies in there, but also creating kind of an innovation hub, if you will, in that building. Is there support for that? It seemed as though when I we visited a few months ago, it seemed as though there was. Is that the kind of new development you think that uh, that can happen? Well, I'll tell you there's support for it because my office is in that building. <laughs> I've gotten out with Terra Redevelopment. Yeah, for this transition. And I go there a lot because you're going to see multiple generations of Hoosiers embracing that type of conversation, whether it's remote work, uh, an advocacy-driven chamber of commerce, redevelopment commission that's looking to modernize. It's all happening under the same roof. And we all go to the same coffee shop, which is nice. But you you kind of touched on something I, I want to elaborate on, and that's downtown Terre Haute. You know, we, we actually have a downtown steering committee meeting next week to codify some plans and our vision for what downtown looks like. Take Ohio Boulevard, for instance. In 1950, I believe it was changed to uh, one lane, right? This is before 41, before I-70, and everyone was, the national road was literally walking, so we needed to divert traffic. We haven't even revisited that conversation uh, 80, 73 years later. So having the conversation of, well, how can we drive traffic study and civil engineering to entice local development. That's what we want to do. I'm already looking at options and and working with developers to build another hotel downtown because you're right, we are at max occupancy with a brand new convention center right next door. Um, I I want to put heads in beds in terms of tourism, but I also want to sell the Terre Haute experience anytime a Hoosier or someone from the Midwest or someone from the United States comes in for a convention in Terre Haute, Indiana. I, I look at this all the time, Gary. If, if I've got 100 people, 400 people at a convention, can I easily move them to the Wabash River to enjoy Fairbanks Park? Can I move them to all that our town has to offer, not just restaurants and shopping, and but also hiking, but also the Griffin Bike Park, which is in the county. And some will say, oh, that's the county, not the city. Well, you got to collaborate yeah. because I want folks to stay in Vigo County, not just to spend money, but to say, wow. It's different. Terre Haute, uh, Marillac, Brandon Sackbun, my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast. We'll have our final segment. Talk a little bit about uh, maybe riverfront development and and, uh, some future-looking, forward-looking projects when the Business and Beyond podcast returns. Stay with us.
At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week is uh, new Terre Haute Mayor Brandon Sackbun. And uh, Mayor talked a lot about Terre Haute kind of looking looking back and also some forward-looking uh, uh, projects as well. You talked about downtown development. How about the river? You know, we're looking, if you look around the state, Fort Wayne is a great example of communities that once maybe turn their backs on the river and saying now, hey, these can be great economic and community development assets. Indianapolis doing the same thing with the White River now. Where do you see the Wabash River fitting into the future uh, plans there in Terre Haute? So we are currently doing a riverfront master plan study, and that's, we should have the final results back by uh, third, fourth qu- or fourth quarter, uh, 2024. And that's going to take community input, looking at the sites, looking at the, the development, and, and really answering the question of how far can we go in the next 10 to 15 years? What I would like to see is mixed use, mixed income. So I'd love to see nothing more than a townhome, some retail, coffee shops, breweries, but also celebrating and embracing the nature of the Wabash River. If you look at the Wabash River, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a river of, of equal status within the Midwest with a straight runway. Why do I use the word straight runway? I mean, we can market ourselves for crewing competitions. We can market ourselves for investors to say, hey, yeah, we, we, we'd like to put an apartment there, a coffee shop there, but we've also got the mill already on the river, which I say it's the number one concert venue in the state of Indiana. If you haven't been, go check it out. I mean, I've seen T-Pain there. I've seen uh, the Beach Boys. So they always have a great lineup. I want to answer this question when I look at the river in four years. Have we created a neighborhood district, right? Kind of like a brewery district that you you hear about, kind of like the Bottle Works area in, in Indianapolis. But what is our defining limits? Can I eat, shop, drink there, and live there? And, you know, obviously that takes a while to get to. The study is, is going to be a huge component of this to, to have a codified plan to, to bring to the state house, to, to bring to federal legislators, but also to bring to developers. Um, we've got some cleanup to do on our end, like literal cleanup, brownfield cleanup. Um, but we're, we're in the very nascent stages of taking the river to a whole new level. Population growth is, is a big issue for communities around the state. As you look at, at growing population in, in, in Terre Haute, you mentioned the mill made me think of, of, of young, younger people. How do you get, how do you attract young people to, to come to Terre Haute? But maybe even more importantly, you've got all those graduates of those uh, colleges and universities. How do you get more of those graduates to stay? So we are actually hoping this summer to launch kind of an, an intern program. So interns for local companies will we'll have some consistent programming that we can market and sell all the opportunities in Terre Haute, Indiana, and really showcase uh, Terre Haute Rec's baseball team, downtown events. Uh, that conversation is part of it. The other conversation is when we attract jobs to Terre Haute and County, can we connect them with the universities around us? 
And then there's a, a third and fourth part of this conversation that is housing and childcare, right? And we touched on it earlier in the show and, you know, we're seeing young professionals get married at a little bit of a later age. So do we have the housing that fits their needs? Is it 140 to 200,000 or 200 to 250,000? Right. So building homes within that range, also above that range and underneath that. The child care study is going to be huge that Indiana State University and Ivy Tech are doing with West Central Indiana. I think that will show just how badly we need it and we'll see some investment there. And then the last part of it is a large portion of the workforce still remains. We've started to march into remote workers with the station, which is in the same building that I work out at the hub. West Central Indiana Hub and the, and the old Clavergold building. So how can we continue to mark that leveraging programs like Make My Move and here in the Hoosier State, working with groups like InVet, which is a nonprofit that pushes placemaking for veterans. And so using those workforce development and growth tools to tap into that remote workforce, I think would be strong for young professionals. Yeah, you know, you mentioned housing. I know you talked about it in our first first segment, but you know, as we get around the state, virtually everywhere we go, housing is is at the top, or certainly one of the top couple of issues for for communities. Uh, a lot of these places are using ready funding and and other types of sources. There, H- how critical an issue is housing in your view to future development, future business development in Terre Haute. I think it is very critical. And you mentioned ready. And like I said, we use $1.8 million ready funds to turn it into $50 million of private development. I think you'd be hard pressed to see other communities do that. And we put uh, $10 million, five from the city, five from the county, from the American Rescue Plan into that same housing program. So that's that's big. I mean, the Homes for the Future pilot program, I guarantee other cities start to follow that model here, not just in West Central Indiana, but across the state. Now, here's why I'm so passionate about housing. I look at everything as a sequential timeline. From flash to bang, when in-tech ground breaks, when, when will they be complete? When will the next company be complete? And, it, and then to use a basketball reference, it's like the shot clock. And when it's starting to wind down, you might not be able to get as many set plays in, so you've got to find that three-point shooter. That three-point shot from Terre Haute is housing. That shot clock's winding down, Let's get it in the bucket and let's win this game. Because if you could have all the jobs in the world come in, you can have 10 NTECs come in. But if there's not the housing structure set up for Terre Haute, Indiana, a mayor like Clint Lamb's going to beat me and they're all going to live in Sullivan in Terre Haute. So I always look at these numbers and I'm like, hey, we've got to go, we've got to go, we've got to go. You know, we're, we're calling local builders, getting them to apply for the Homes for the Future pilot program. We are working with different entities to say, hey, Let's, what are our credit programs across the city to, to help a, a young family or a senior family increase their credit? Um, those are the conversations that we're having to, to see that Homes for the Future pilot program grow at a faster rate. Uh, you mentioned uh, Mayor Lamb in Sullivan, and you've t- touched on regionalism. H- how do you view the state of that regional cooperation uh, in West Central Indiana Parts of the state have been slow to happen. It's beginning to happen. Some places better than others. But how important is, you know, acting, operating as a region? And, and where do you see that that sitting right now in, in West Central Indiana? I think it's setting better than it was a couple of years ago. We definitely turned the corner. We're embracing it. And now we're going to take it to a whole new level. Um, frequently, I call other mayors in West Central Indiana 
hey, what's what's going on? Have you tried this? Or or they'll call me and say, hey, I've I've noticed this program that you started. What are the cliff notes? Um, but it also extends outside of the region. I call uh, the, the Mayor McDermott up in Hammond and say, hey, what are you using your casino dollars? What did you try to use them for that maybe didn't work out? So it, part of it is, yes, you know, you you push regionalism. You want to grow as your region, but your region can also see what other regions have done right. And, and that's kind of our mindset here is let's avoid some pitfalls, but also increase other areas. Um, when it comes to economic development, right, we're, we're always looking at resources. Do we have the resources and infrastructure in place for businesses, for homes? Maybe if it's not in Terre Haute, is it in Vigo County? I love talking with our county commissioners. Um, some people would say, oh, my gosh, you know, they're, they're, they're Republican. You're, you're Democrat. Doesn't matter. You know, Commissioner Clinkenbeard and Commissioner Morris and I were, were talking all the time, focused on what? Making Vigo County and Terre Haute better. And that, that conversation is what I think is going to separate West Central Indiana from the rest of the state. You've got local leaders here who are literally focused on fixing the potholes, building homes, bringing businesses and selling their community. You know, we, we're, we're not in this to argue about national politics back and forth for four hours. We're, we're in this to help our, you know, the, the, the folks who raised me, right? You know, I mentioned it earlier, the folks who came to my grandparents' day. I want to do right by them, their grandkids and their kids. I want to do right by the people of Terre Haute, Indiana. And if it means we work together as a team with, with other mayors, with county commissioners, guess what? I'll be the biggest team player in the state of Indiana because that's what we need. One more for you before we wrap up. Uh, we haven't touched on a big project there, and that's the casino uh, that will be opening before long. What is the casino? What does that uh, development bring to Terre Haute and the Wabash Valley? So it definitely brings a large increase in tourism. And with that, we will see an increase of funds. There will be a casino foundation. And now we need to diligently make sure that we maximize the tax dollars that come in. I have no problem someone from Illinois or Indianapolis driving to play blackjack in Terre Haute, Indiana. And when they come here, I want them to buy gas at the gas station, stop at some local restaurants. And so what we do with that tax revenue will be very important. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pave more streets than we have. We're going to build more sidewalks. We're going to update our parks. We've got a high quantity of parks, but now we're going to focus on the quality, making sure they're safe, clean, and accessible for, for kids, for, for grandparents. So uh, that's the the kind of the future, right? Is is properly leveraging those funds. It does bring some some challenges at time, right? We are looking at working with NDOT, having conversations about I seventy, a third lane, and those are all pressing concerns with an estimated one point one million tourists coming to Paradise over the next few years. So the shot clock's on, Gary. All right. Well, Terre Haute Mayor Paradise uh, Mayor. Brandon Sackbun, hey, I really appreciate you taking the taking the time to to join me. You've got a lot on your plate, and I, I certainly look forward to more interviews in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much, and enjoy your day. And thank you for joining us on this edition of the Business and Beyond podcast, where a weekly conversation with uh, achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download uh, our podcast and get Indiana Business News 24-7. All you have to do is go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.